it uh, takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a couple of idiots. How many idiots does it take to run a social media page? Apparently more than uh, two. I mean, it should be more than two. <laughs> it should be we more than two. We barely run it. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And it does feel like it's been a while since we've done, like, I mean, we say this every time, it feels like it's been a long time, but the last time we recorded, it was in person, I think, twice? Uh, we did two episodes, we did both July episodes in person. Yeah. yeah and that was about a um, month ago. Yeah, we so it's been a while both. since we've done virtual. Yeah. My, like, computer was not set up. <laughs> no, already. none of my, my entire desk is just chaos right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So it's, uh, it's August. It's the beginning of the month. We do, we do these parts before we do the beer, right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> so it's music corner. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm going to highlight five albums that I liked that came out in the month of July. So the first album I'm going to talk about came out on July 1st. It is by an album called Pit Pony and the album is called World to Me. So it's a little bit of like, you know, the more modern post-punky kind of sound, and it's a female-fronted band. So I enjoyed it very much because we do not have enough of that in the scene. I feel like we, I mean, you're not 30 yet, but we hit our late 20s and then turned into dads listening to post-punk. I mean, pretty much, yeah. You find your genre in your late 20s and you just stick with that for the rest of your life. And that's how deadheads ended up in the situations that they are. Because they've been listening to it since their 20s, and then they, yep. you know, they for the rest of eternity. Late. <laughs> um, I gave this album an 8 out of 10. Um, the next one came out on July 8th. Um, it's the third album from Viagra Boys. And this album Wait, is called... their third album? Yeah. I did not know that. I don't know why. Street Worms, Welfare Jazz. Welfare Jazz, and then this. I thought Welfare Jazz was like their third or fourth album for some reason. Um, I had no idea. They had an EP out beforehand, but yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know. I don't know why I thought they had like way more music than that. So I absolutely loved Cave World. I I think it's a little bit closer to the early Viagra Boys sound where like Welfare Jazz was them kind of experimenting with sound and then Cave World kind of like is the best of both worlds where it's got mm-hmm. some of that more experimentalness to it. I made yeah. that word up. Um, but uh, it's got a little bit more of that like harsh punk sound that I really loved on Street Worms. Um, yeah. My note on this album is Viagra Boys is the most important band of our generation. <laughs> That is a direct quote. <laughs> that is a direct quote. Uh, from uh, one of A Matt's friend friends. of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, um, no, I, I gave this a nine. I feel like I saw this album. Oh, no, sorry. I was interrupting you. I was going to say, I feel like my favorite thing about Viagra Boys is that it's so raw and, like, garagey at the same time. And mm-hmm. Welfare Jazz felt a little bit more polished, um, more, like, fusion uh, mm-hmm. And I think Cave World was just, like, a really fun, like, raw album. Like, getting back yeah. to the core of just being, like, street worms. 
Yeah, and when they played their tour earlier this year, they actually did Ain't No Thief live. Yep. So I, yep. you know, that song I already knew I kind of liked going into this, and then I liked the vibe of that, and then the rest of the album had that same energy, so it was pretty awesome. Yeah, Ain't No Thief was really fun to listen to live. Um, during our show, it was like the, it was coming out officially as a single at midnight. Oh, um, nice. So they were like going off. It was great. If you have a chance in your life to go see Viagra Boys, definitely go do it. Um, Highly recommend. Said, they are the most important band of this generation. Um, so I gave this album a 9 out of 10. I loved it. My physical copy will be arriving the day after we record. So I hope I still love it just as much when I listen to the physical copy. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is another post-punk band that is a favorite of the podcast. Um, this album came out on July 15th. It is the third album from Black Midi and it's called Hellfire. And I remember the, I remember the day this came out. I just kept being like, it's a great day for annoying people. (laughs) You did keep saying that to me. Um, Um, Matt's not a fan. Matt's, I think Black Midi is growing on Matt. Again, like a situation where I listen to it a lot and he's getting like Stockholm Syndrome from listening to it a bunch. Um, but Black Midi starting to grow on him and I definitely was annoying him listening to this. And then when the my record came in, like my physical record came in, I was listening to it while cleaning. <laughs> it was just like, ah! Yeah, um, I was listening to my physical copy while folding laundry and Steve was in his office working and he's <laughs> like, what in the world are you listening to? This is insane. It's a great day to, day to, to annoy boring. people. Yeah. It's a really good album to listen to while, like, trying to hype you up while doing monotonous, like, mundane tasks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They played – I don't know if you saw them earlier this year when they toured, but they played a couple of these songs on their – when I saw them in Chicago earlier this year, so that was pretty fun. Um, Um, No, I I gave this them earlier this year. They were playing in Oakland, so I did not go. Oh. Yeah. That's a trip. Um, I love this album though. I think it's some of the best I've heard from Black Midi. Like, I loved their first album so much, and like, I think this I feel the same amount of love that I did when I first heard that first, like, the first time I listened to Schlangenheim. Yeah, I think this is a really good album. It's it feels so like quintessentially Black Midi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's great. I'm really excited to see it live on their upcoming tour. Um, so pray for me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the next one I'm going to talk about also came out on July 15th. It is the second album. Hold on. I should know this. I honestly don't know. Um, I just know that he was on a lot of Vampire Weekend songs. (laughs) So this is technically his third full length album. Um, so it's the third full length album from Steve Lacey and it's called Gemini Writes. Steve Lacey is such a phenomenal musician. He does so much, like, so much of what he does is in collaboration with other really big artists that it, you kind of forget that at the same time, like, he has bomb-ass music on his own. Yeah. Because he's just so involved. His hand is in everything right now. Um, it This album's so funky. It's so good. It's got great vibes. And I'm actually currently very mad at Steve Lacey for announcing a tour and his dates in Chicago was when it's the same week I'm missing like 10 shows because we're going on vacation. Mm. It's that week. I have. So I'm I have mad. At, I am mad at you, Steve Lacey. 
I also have, oh wait, actually, let's see if he's playing in San Francisco the week I'm missing everything. Yeah, he's playing Chicago when I'm at Disney World. Which is the same weekend as Super Organism, Broken Social Scene, uh, uh, so somebody else. He's not playing here while I am missing like a bunch of shows, but he is playing in Oakland, so I'm mad at him uh, now, too. Yeah. Um, no, no shade to Oakland. It's just really hard to get there. It's just, especially if it's a weeknight and it's some yeah. effort. I don't want to go to the Burbs any night, so. I don't know if Oakland counts as the Burbs, but it's a zone very large city. Yeah. But Sorry, is... Oscar is uh, screaming no, right now. Because, you know, he loves to scream. He Are you done? Um, I gave Steve Lacey's album a 9 out of 10. And then nice. the last one I'm going to talk about is an album I've been, like, super excited since the day it was announced. Um, it also came out July 15th. It is Working Men's Club. And this is their second album. And it's called Fear Fear. Um, this song, or not this song, this album is a little bit more polished than their debut album, which came out in 2020, which was yeah. a lot heavy on, like, the weird industrial electronics. So this is yeah. a little, it still has that influence, while it's being a little bit more polished and contained but it's still very very good yeah i would describe it as being a little bit more like avant-garde than that Mm -hmm. first album where it's less industrial and just kind of like weird but in like a polished avant-garde way like similar to like talking heads are avant-garde um so it's got Mm -hmm. a little bit of like post-punk in it but then a lot of just weird yeah it's very noisy very good yeah my physical copy arrived this week i haven't got to play nice. it yet because i've had no time but i'm nice. very excited nice so cool. i gave that one a nine out of ten a lot of nine out of tens in july yeah it's because you didn't listen to the one ten out of ten yet oh what i'm actually curious when you yeah when you listen to super organism i want to know what you give it because i feel like it actually i don't know if you're gonna give it a 10 but i love it it, they deserve a 10 just for how beautiful the physical pressing is. It's fair. It's fair. It's a very pretty pressing. Um, yeah. So, that being said, let's get into the beer. Uh, Steph, what are we drinking? So, for once, we're actually drinking the same beer. Um, we picked this up at the tap room when I was out in San Francisco and we hung out at the tap room for quite a few hours because we loved it so much. Um, today we are drinking brother stardust from laughing monk. Um, I'm obsessed with this beer. It, the can is beautiful. The can is really nice. It's like a metalized film, metalized label. Sorry. I don't like the film. Um, it's, and it's got the, um, Aladdin saying, david bowie logo all over it yeah and then like on all of the laughing monks or pretty much all of them and maybe not all but most of the i think it's most of them um there's either like a monk or a like they basically like modify their monk logo to sometimes it's a female and what's the female version i don't know what they have a name for her i saw it in the tap room but i can't think of it off the top of my head i don't know her name but they like yeah they modify the 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 monk or like the female version of it um with different like 
logos. They'll have or like a facial uh, features or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this one has the lightning bolt. Yeah. See, Led saying lightning bolt, and it looks like David Bowie kind of. Yeah, I think the hair is meant to like have the same hair. Yes, but yes, it's fine. it is. Uh, and then just underneath that, it just says he played guitar. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this is um, a hazy IPA that we are doing because apparently it is National IPA Day. Yeah, the so day the day we're recording, we're recording is August 4th, so it is National IPA Day, I think. Somebody on the internet said it was, and so our entire Instagram feed looks like National IPA Day, so I'm just There's a part this. of me that wants to just make up a national whatever day like for a beer and just see if like how far it goes i'm like, not see if people actually check it like just be like it's national logger day i think we could get the logger. pilot project crew on board for that they I would like put we could. we could push them and they would promote whatever fake made up holiday <laughs> we're making up national mincet monday <laughs> <laughs> i think we have a few friends that would get on board for that i think so uh, okay. um, so this is a, so we said it's a hazy IPA, it's 7% ABV, and it uses cashmere and Montour hops. I actually brought one can of this over to our friend's place on Monday, and they both, our friends both that I shared it with, both work in the beer industry, and they both absolutely loved this beer. They had never heard of Laughing Monk before, because um, honestly, until you lived in San Francisco, I had not heard of Laughing Monk before. Yeah. And they both, like, absolutely love this beer. Yeah, I like Laughing Monk a lot. They're, like, all the stuff that I've gotten from them has just been really solid. Everything we had at the tap room was fantastic. So this beer also released about a month Mm -hmm. ago, almost four weeks ago to the day. Um, It was while I was out in San Francisco, and that, that kind of, like, encouraged us to go out to the tap room to go try this because... As the podcast expert on all things David Bowie, we had to go. <laughs> that is accurate. Um, so this is like, I mean, traditional hazy. It's got like a very juicy mm-hmm. flavor. But it's also got like a very soft, like subtle, like supple, not subtle, supple fruit. Like almost like a really juicy peach flavor. It's a little bit dry, too, so I think that soft, dry flavor comes from the cashmere hops, because I'm thinking mm-hmm. of other beers I've had that are cashmere-heavy, and I think that's where that flavor comes from. Okay. Yeah, I feel it's like a it's good got flavor. a really nice, like, stone fruit flavor, not just citrusy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... But yeah, this is nice. It's, it's I really very like dangerous. This. I feel like I could drink this very quickly. Yeah, I know. This is a dangerous drinker. Um, cool. You want to, do you want to do three words? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say soft, dry, and hazy. I'm going to say soft, supple, and dry. Anytime I hear someone say supple, I think of of uh, Heidi and, no, I think of Heidi and Closet from Drag Race Uh. season 12. I think of um, really badly written erotica that describes a woman's supple bosom. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Because I feel like that's a very like male gazy phrase, or actually, it feels like um, 
like you know those harlequin novels that have fabio on the front that like yeah the 80s? <laughs> it feels like that <laughs> that yeah that does it's that's that accurate vibe. yeah yeah same with the word member i hate that so much <laughs> All right, so because Stephanie and I were wholly unprepared and thought we had an extra week for this episode, we're just doing a shoot the shit style um, where we have, what is this, 43 minutes to just talk because I'm calling it at an hour because nobody wants to listen to us just talk for an hour. Yeah, um, we haven't done one of these in a pretty long time because, I don't know, we've actually had episodes prepared. (laughs) And um, this well, is a very prepare more normally episode. than this. <laughs> Listen, it's been a very busy week, and I think um, it's something I can probably talk about. So, um, this last weekend was Lollapalooza, which is always a huge, you know, event for us and our friend group here in Chicago. There were six, seven of us that went together this year, so we had a big group. Um, I went to three after shows and we went all four days. Um, I, the after shows I did were super fun. So I got last minute tickets with former guest Brandon to go see Remy Wolf at Park West. Mm -hmm. Um, she's very popular right now with all the youths. So we were some of the oldest people there. Um, but she puts on a very high energy fun show. How was going to a show with the youths? Because I've been to a couple this year, and I don't think that they're fun. Um, this one was actually pretty chill. Rummy Wolf's, a, like, yeah, she's big on TikTok, but um, her music's a little bit more, like, vibey, a little bit more laid back. So for the most part, everyone was really chill. Yeah. Also, I mean, it was Park I, West. So Park West, yeah. I think, is, um, I know it's an 18 Love and up club. venue. It's not an all-ages venue, and it feels more like well, a club. The reason I ask is because, like, when I saw um, Peach Pit with Matt, it was, like, all college kids, but, like, mm. Frappro and, like, The annoying college kids? College. Yeah, like, yeah. the That's ones like that when were, like, I saw shoving TV Girl. you to get closer, and it's, like, you're not really getting any closer. That's, like, when I saw TV Girl um, at the Metro last year. It's the same kind of vibe. No, I mean, Remy Wolf, we had, there was a couple annoying people around us, but they were annoying everyone, not just us, and it was just, like, one group that was really annoying and they were probably 25 so they weren't even that much younger than us okay they were just very drunk and annoying okay but that could happen at any show right like if it's even if it's a 21 and over show you get annoying i mean i get like that sometimes so i get it yeah (laughs) i mean Um, not really but i get very drunk sometimes um the second after show i went to was heinz and I've been trying to see Heinz for, like, three years now. So that was very exciting to get to see them. That, that was an empty bottle. That was really fun. The crowd was so laid back. It was a sold-out show, but the crowd was just so chill for it being a bottle and, like, a rock show, too. Um, I'm also wearing my Heinz shirt, and I think you would find I, this I funny. Um, it says, I'm on a Heinz way to hell. <laughs> Is that, like, Bambi? Um, so Heinz kind of- is... Hind is deer in Spanish, so oh. that's why their their name used to be deer because they were trying to appeal to an in- more English audience back in the day, yeah. and now they were just like, nah, fuck it, we're going full Spanish. Um, it the shirt like for some reason the the way that they printed things it looks like it's like felt that was sewn on. Yes, it does kind of look like that. No, it's just a really shitty screen print. 
<laughs> I love that. But I was, um, I bought this at the bottle show and I saw it and I laughed. I stood there and laughed for like five minutes and I was like, I'm buying that chair. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I did wet leg, an empty bottle. That was weird. Um, the crowd was kind of douchey. And that was like an older crowd too. Like I felt kind of young at that show and people were like just trying to like flex on each other as to like who's seen wet leg before. Yeah, but that seems like okay, so wet leg, no offense to the people in wet leg to like them. Wet leg is definitely a band I can see people flexing on because they blew up so quickly. Yeah. And they're like so critic like so well acclaimed, well known at this point with like having one album. I can see people flexing. And them being nominated for the Mercury Prize on their first album. Right. I can see them definitely like drawing in a crowd of people that are like oh i saw them before they even had an album like the the real hipsters yeah that's kind of what it was and people were someone asked steve excuse you um someone this guy was asking and like trying to like flex about seeing them earlier this year when they played talia to steve and steve's like not the kind of person that gives a shit so steve had like this saw them in spain yeah (laughs) We did. The guy's like, oh, how many times have you seen them? And Steve's like, uh, twice before right now. And the guy's like, oh. He's like, well, well, did you see them at Talia? He's like, no, we actually saw them in Spain. And the guy's like, shut up. (laughs) I mean, that's the way to do it. If if someone's going to be an asshole, just be an asshole back. Um, the same guy at the show was complaining that he was too far back in the crowd and that he spends so much money at oh, Empty Bottle that he that should guy. be allowed to be closer. And I was like, okay, Mr. Moneybags, let's fucking go. <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> it's that guy. You should have, like, just made, like, a Krusty Krab sound. Like a <laughs> Mr. Krab sound. <laughs> <laughs> money. Uh, let me... Let... <laughs> Let me play you a song from the world's smallest violin. Um, I was also real close because that guy was so annoying. I was close to being like, um, well, I'm here for free. So <laughs> who's the real winner here? It should have been this. You should have just played him this. <laughs> Holy shit, that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of the energy. Um, it turns out, also, um, our friends from ABV Chicago were at the Wet Leg Show, too. Cool. That's fun. Yeah, I didn't find out until the next day. And they were very close to where I was standing, and I did not. <laughs> I chose you how observant I am. All right. How else was Lala, though? Um, it was really good. Dua Lipa, fucking amazing. Oh my god. She is an incredible performer. Like, that's so, someone I highly recommend. If you get the chance to see Dua Lipa, go see Dua Lipa. What I think is interesting, and I don't know if you've seen TikToks of this, but, like, festivals are very much in the influencer swing of, like, paying influencers to come out and promote the festival at the festival. I've been seeing, like, a lot of people that were at Lollapalooza um, with, like, multi-million people on their account 
like posting about it and like them having VIP passes and like we're either paid by Lala to go there or like sponsored by some brand to go there. Interesting. Um, like, did you can see you, anything like that? Can you think of not that of, of people that I saw because you know we're just the old people vibing wherever and just yeah, having a good you time probably, on our own. Like, don't get. I get like random. Like, TikTokers that I don't actually like, but they just keep popping um, up. There's one guy that I follow that, um, oh, God, what is their name? There's someone that I follow that was at Lala that's, like, a big, like, influencer from the East Coast, and he, like, flew into Chicago for Lala. I don't know, then. Um, but, yeah, I was just curious if, like, But that's the that only one I, I noticed um one thing that was really interesting with lala this year in particular and it's never been something we've experienced before there were two k-pop acts that performed Mm -hmm. so tomorrow x together played on saturday and then j-hope who was one of the members of bts performed on sunday um j-hope was a replacement for doja cat because she had to drop out doing you know needing surgery surgery yeah yeah um, I saw a video of like right when the doors open, people running. People to the stage. started so yes, people were running, you know, straight to the stage to try to get barricade. I read online and I actually saw some TikToks about it. Um, so Lala actually specifically said, "Do not get in line before 10 a.m. If mm-hmm. you show up to festival grounds before 10 a.m., you will be t- kicked off." Yeah. People were like waiting around festival grounds at two thirty in the morning. That's sketchy. It's insane and unsafe because, like, that's it's, not it's an air- downtown Chicago. That is not yeah. safe. I mean, w- that area is all you know touristy as I mean, hell, it's anyways. Fine, but but also, still, like, like you still shouldn't like be out at two thirty. Yeah, that's n- nothing good happens. As someone no. that goes to four a.m. bars, nothing good ever happens after two a.m. <laughs> But That's also, when it's time like, to just go home. hanging out downtown at 2 a.m. is, like, you're you're going to seem, like, sketchy just yeah. doing that. Like, yeah. you're going to seem up to no good to anybody. That's the right. weird thing. So that was super weird. Um, that was specifically on Sunday to see J-Hope because the BTS army is very dedicated. Oh, um, I don't doubt that. I'm sure people – and he was probably, like, playing late in the day. He played at 9 p.m. Yeah, so I'm sure people just, like, hung out there. Yes. All day. Yes. At, to try to get barricaded. Oh, um, the, real, the real thing that I think... So on Saturday, TXT, Tomorrow, Together, I can't think of their name right now. I'm, I was not familiar with tomorrow their music. Today. Just TXT. I think it's Tomorrow, Together, something like that. I'm not okay. familiar with the group. I had never either. heard of them. I didn't know that they were even playing Lala until I went on Twitter. During like I was, we were chilling in this in the shade by the beer garden. I was like, I wonder what the Lala Twitter looks like. Um, so this group was playing parodies, which for people oh. listening and unfamiliar, <gasps> is the EDM stage. Yeah, it's heavy, heavy EDM plays on the stage yeah. all day long, nonstop. Yeah. So people Lots of queued up. Girls on Molly all day long. That's where all the suburban kids go party is Perry's. Yeah. Um, so these 
K-pop fans, they have their own name for their group. I don't know what, because every K-pop oh, fan group has a different name. Yeah. I don't know this group's name, but this group of K-pop fans, and there was a, quite a few of them that showed up to camp out to try to get Barrier for their group. They played like 7.30 or something like that. It was fairly late in the day. Um, they were all tweeting, complaining about the conditions of having to stand at the barrier all day. And then the aggressiveness of the fans that were at the stage. Lil yeah, Durk played right before them. Lil Durk's like a very intense, like popular rapper. So of course yeah. the kids were going nuts and moshing well, and being crazy. And the K-pop fans were like freaking out. Well, what I was going to say is I feel like Perry's, first of all, is a rough stage in general because it's, yeah. it turns into just like a dust field. That too. For one. And then two, I personally, like, I'm not behind people camping out all day and being, I'm like, not either. I'm pissed I'm off. not a supporter of that. Yeah, because, like, go see the artists that you want to go see. And also, like, don't get pissed that people are seeing the artists that they want to go see on that stage. Right. And so, like, I'm not behind, like, con- like complaining about Perry's stage being aggressive because it is an EDM stage. It is, like, a wild People are partying. People are dancing. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. Like, that's what Perry's is. Like, that's that's the whole point of it. There's pyrotechnics. It's hot. It's dusty. There's it's a lot not, of pyro on Perry's. Even as early as, like, very, 1 or 2 p.m., there's right. pyro. It's not very fun. Unless, like, you're in the back and, like, us. And when we go. Or if you're on drugs. It's a good time <clears throat> right. if you're on drugs. Right. So, like, I get it. I get, like... I mean, I don't really get, like, waiting out all day and missing the entire festival and spending that much money just to wait for someone. But I also do, like, sure, you're a stan. Go do you. However, like, I don't think it's You cool. can't like, be I'm mad at cool the other with, fans. Like, exactly. Like, you're at a festival. There are other people there. Like, you have to understand that other people are going to have fun. Um, but speaking of little Dirk, did you see that he got hit in the face? Yeah, his set got cut short because he got hit in the face with his own pyrotechnics. Yeah. Like... I saw the uh, a video on TikTok of it. Um, my understanding is that he kept playing. They ended up um, having to stop the set early. I know he kept playing for a bit after he initially yeah. got hit, but they did have to stop that set early. Like I don't know if it was because hospital. of him or the crowd being too much. I don't know what was going on, but yeah. Um, I mean, I saw a video of it, and he like walked. It looked like it almost misfired because mm-hmm. um, he was like walking, and it just like hit him in the face. And I don't think that they should be pointing at the stage like that. Um, it's probably a safety concern. Right. So I don't think it, I think it maybe went off wrong. Um, but I saw a video after of it and like after, and he was like, he's fucked. His face was fucked up. Yeah. My, my main takeaway from all the K-pop, I mean, so I mean, I was talking about Saturday at the Perry stage. We witnessed a lot going on, uh, with the J-Hope army people. Because that same stage was Joe, who's a band yeah. you and I are both very familiar with and like a lot. Was it? It wasn't like the the Grove, was it? No, it was the North, the Bud Light North stage. Oh, okay. the so big like one, one at the, the North stages. End. Yeah, yeah. And then Charlie XCX played after. Um, there were people like sitting during Charlie, and they were complaining about being like step people stepping on their blankets. 
like people were like some like I'm not gonna lie, the people and the behavior of some of these K-pop fans towards other music fans that were at the festival has completely turned me off from the genre. I kind of want nothing well, to do with K-pop because of their fan base. So I argue we've experienced this before at Lollapalooza. Uh, and that was in seeing parquet courts playing on the same stage. Oh, with Post Malone. That was fucking awful. We I, make fun I, I of that to this day, like how awful that was. Well, I, I don't even think it's a K-pop thing. It's a stan culture thing. And... I think that it's more it's it's really heavily about the stan culture and being obsessive yeah. about an artist and having to go see them. And I think that it's interesting that Lala did this experiment because I mean Lala hasn't been selling out. So yeah. up until 2016, I believe, they sold out every year. My understanding is that they sold out uh, every year pretty quickly. It was 2016 when the 2016 when yeah. radio had played. Yeah. So that was like the first year they hadn't sold out. Yeah, cuz they sold out and in 2015. Yeah, and like in 2017, they also didn't sell out, or maybe 2018, I'm thinking about 2018, I know they didn't sell out because we were waiting for days, because they normally sell out and then drop the lineup. Mm -hmm. And They didn't drop the lineup for like almost two weeks. Right, and so I think that they're maybe experimenting with genres that have a huge fan base, knowing that that they will sell out because of that, exactly. Um, and people are willing to pay the $400 just to see, like, BTS or, like, whatever K-pop artist yeah, I um, mean, that they stand. And I think that that's maybe, like, a little bit of what they're trying to experiment with. Yeah, I think, I mean, and I think it's just the nature of the K-pop genre takes that stand culture to the extreme. Like, yeah, the stand I mean, culture maybe. is bad, but I think from what I witnessed over the course of two days, it's to the extreme. Yeah, I mean, what I've seen on, like, TikTok and stuff, it does seem very extreme, um, like, the stand culture on K-pop, especially. I'd argue that there's others, like, cult- there's other, like, artists that people stand, like, people stand Harry Styles way, like, think about oh, it, if Harry, Harry Styles, Styles was playing, that would happen. Oh my God. It's anything, that like, would absolutely big, big happen. like that. That's right, true, that's a like fair that. point. I think they're just huge, and they have a lot of fans, and Lala doesn't really... They haven't been pulling as of lately, like artists that have like that dedicated of a fan that, base. It's what it is. It's the level of dedication of their fan base. Like honestly, good for them, but at the same time, like they were not nice. Oh, I don't to doubt people that. trying I mean, to go be closer to see the acts they wanted to see early in the day. Right, and then and, like, they all the sat th- and complained if people walked around them or jumped up and down around them. Which is funny because it's like you guys were gonna leave. For, like, if you had just waited, you like they would have left. Exactly. I almost feel like it would have been interesting if there was like a side area where people like that wanted to see these artists had to wait. Isn't that how Bonnaroo works? Like you can't get up super close unless you like wait, and they clear out that area. Or is that not a thing? I um, thought that was a thing. I don't remember because I never like cared to get that close, but they might. I think that's a thing, and I don't know if it's all the stages or what, but there's an area, like, if you want to get super close, they, like, clear it out after every set. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it does sound familiar, like, the very, very front area, like, there's a special gate. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, a thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a, that should be a thing. Like, if you want to go see an artist, like, that bad, maybe you wait in a separate area, and then, like, you just hang out there. But do you know how much better experience some of these kids would have had if they had, like, waited in the shade 
and came right. a few hours later. They yeah, probably like, could have gotten just all, as close. But they all would have had to do that. And that's right. the thing. Like, like, they would all have to agree, let's get there later. But then, Yeah, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. In their heads, they're just like, I'm, t- I'm, I'm chancing the fact that I may not get to get that close. But also, like, cl- like you're going to be close. Yeah. Um, one other One other act that, like, that I was actually very pleasantly surprised by because I went in with zero expectations. Green Day fucking ripped. They were so much fun. We absolutely loved the Green Day set. So I I saw Green Green Day Day at Wrigley Fields in 2017, 2018, and it was very hokey and, like, it was not fun. It was very weird. And they intend, but even the performers intentionally made it weird and like they didn't want to do it. So they were just like mocking themselves the whole time to the point where like it was annoying and we did not have a good time. I've never really enjoyed a Wrigley Field show personally. I've never thought that they were like that good because it's. Oh, I loved when I saw Foo Fighters there. I mean, that's like an exception. I think Foo Fighters was fun, but like it's also just a weird environment. Yeah, but um, because I had such a shit time seeing Green Day the first time I saw them, and that was my first time ever seeing them was at Wrigley, I loved their set at Lala. I thought that their energy was there. I thought they had the right vibe they were giving off to the crowd. They played all the hits, all the very politically aggressive hits that spoke to, you know, 12-year-old Stephanie when American Idiot um, came out. So they played a lot of American Idiots. Like they played saying. a lot of American Idiot, yeah. They played Jesus of Suburbia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All four parts, baby. Dude, actually, that's one of my favorite things about American Idiot as an album. Like, the the multi-part songs that all just change genre and change oh, like, yeah. momentum. I love that album. I think that was... I Matt hates it. I think it's a fun album. Oh, I love I love American um, Idiot. Speaking of Green Day, I did a Peloton ride that had Basket Case on today, and it was like a fucking vibe. It was a great song um, to ride to. I feel like I did one earlier this week that was like a 90s rock and had Basket Case was on it. Oh, nice. I was just doing a pop punk ride. It was, oh. it was pretty solid. Pretty solid pop punk ride. Um, cool. Anything else from Lala? Giving us 20 more minutes to talk about No, whatever. I mean, we talked a lot about Lala. Um, um, so I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, my God. And... You got so fucking <laughs> drunk to see the Chili Peppers. Good <laughs> Lord. I hope I can okay. get that drunk when I see them Well, in my defense, month. in my defense, it was a very long line for beer. So Matt and I would get two each. Oh. And we're getting, like, two 16 ounces each. Yeah. Um, and, like just ripping those both every set uh, uh how were they though the uh, they were good so <clears throat> what i like about the store is like they're cycling through like the second opener so thundercats i think on the entire tour mm-hmm. but like for my show it was back for your show it's gonna be the strokes mm-hmm. um i thought i think it was like a lot of it's it was great to have like a like just a stacked lineup so thundercat was amazing it was actually really interesting because when I when we saw Thundercat, one it was still light out because it was like six thirty when he yeah. started, when he started playing, and there was not that many people. And then um, like it was just I I mean it was cool because he what I think was interesting that they did is 
so each artist, it sort of felt like each artist did like kind of a jam for five-ish minutes when they started and it kind of allowed people to like get to their seats like like you know how like and when you go to a movie or um to like a play they do like the light flickering that's, yeah like, they do that that's start. your like, time to like sit down yeah yeah so they they almost use the jam in the first five minutes like thundercats specifically use that as like a way to be like hey i'm playing come see me and yeah. then the red hot chili peppers did that as well Beck did not, but um, Beck I thought doesn't that was really have way. jam songs though. No, so. but I thought that was a neat way to do it. Um, so had you seen Thundercat before? I think at a festival. I honestly can't remember though. So I saw Thundercat for the first time last year at Pitchfork, and he was amazing. Then probably not. Um, but yeah, Thundercat was it was fantastic. Um, we sat down, and Matt was like. It's a fucking nine-stringed bass. What the yep. fuck? <laughs> and um, I so then was cool. able to like educate Matt on Thundercat and how he was in suicidal tendencies, and mm-hmm. he was an incredible bassist, and he recorded quite a bit and like contributed quite a bit to to Pimp a Butterfly. Yep. And he was just like, "What?" And I've never listened to him before. And he was like super into it. And I was like, "Dude, I've been trying to get you into this. Thundercat's like, I've been playing incredible. Thundercat for a long time." But yeah, Thundercat was amazing. I mean, Beck was also very good. Weirdly attractive. Beck's kind of like hot. I know. It was like, he was just like full on Brit, like dancing around. You know like, he's not British, right? I know, but he gave off that vibe. Oh. Of like, like he was kind of wearing like bell bottoms, like shiny bell bottoms and like mm-hmm. a jacket that was shiny, but like no shirt underneath it. And I don't know why that gives me like British vibes, but it does. Um, but he was just dancing around on stage. I have a video of Matt singing Loser that I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> yes, I can send it to you. Um, fun fact for the, the listeners, I send videos of Matt doing embarrassing things to Stephanie because it makes her laugh. I also take them because it makes me laugh to look at them right. later. So i got to share it. Um, and then the Red Hot Chili Peppers were like, surprisingly really, really good. So this is like the first tour back with John Frusciante, who's like, their original guitarist. He's the original guitarist, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think it makes a, a big difference. Um, I was shook at how good Anthony Kiedis sound. Like, their the sound was fantastic. They, I mean, they played really well. Um, a lot of the hits. They played Tell Me Baby, which they, like, they're, they're set list cycles. So they play a lot of the same songs, but they played Tell Me Baby at our show, and it was, like, fantastic. It was a really good great song. to hear them sing every California song. <laughs> In California. California, yeah. Um, and, I mean, the, so I wasn't expecting the crowd to be what it was. I kind of expected them to be, like, kind of bro-y, like, fratty. Um, what you expect of, of the Chili Peppers? Yeah, but it was a lot of older people. And then, actually, like, be, I don't know if it's because it's California, but a lot of minorities. And it was really nice to, like, be in that, like, space with a lot of people that kind of, like, looked like me and, like, yeah. grew up probably similar to me. Um, so that was like actually a really nice experience too, but it was great. Um, I got very drunk, but it was fun. <laughs> um, Anthony Kiedis is also weirdly hot. Um, he did wear a shirt for the first half of the set and then I was going to say that shirt. shirt does not going to make it through this the shirt set. Got, came off, but yeah. like also ripped. Oh, he is ripped. still ripped. We saw He's like the 60 chili... years old or something. And we saw the Chili ripped. Peppers in 2016 at Lala. Yeah. yeah and he was Lala. ripped then. I was like, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I know. And it's six years later and he is still ripped. 
And he's got this stupid haircut and weirdly hot. And I kept making beep bop a doopie, beep a boop jokes um, all day. So that was fun. I'm really excited to see them in a couple weeks. So they play two weeks, I think, here. So that should be fun. I've never seen a yeah. show at Soldier Field, so we'll see how that goes. I was a little, like, hesitant just because, like, I don't know. I didn't think I'd ever, like, want care to pay to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, I was down to go because it was Thundercat and Beck opening. Um, and Matt really wanted to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, like, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a lot of fun and would probably pay to go see them again. After. Yeah, I mean, we're really only going to, we've seen the Chili Peppers before. I've seen them twice now. Um, no, I mean, I've seen them before, too. I saw them at that same Lala. Um, oh, that's right. I forget but, like, you were at that Lala. I, because we weren't friends. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Because we did not know each we other. We did not know each other. Um, I, but obviously, like, I didn't pay to go see them. I was yeah, like, specifically I to see them. paid $400 to see Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I would, I would go see them, like, specifically, is what I'm saying, after that. Yeah, I'm really excited for our show, mostly because I love The Strokes and Thundercat. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do think that was the way to have done this tour, with, like, really strong supporters. Um, I got to do a cool thing this week. So we have a new venue in Chicago that literally opened two days ago. Um, it's called The Salt Shed. And so for people familiar with Chicago, the old Morton Salt building on Elston and Division has been vacant for a really long time. So they converted it, and it's now going to be a, it's going to be an outdoor indoor music venue. So it's still under construction, so it's not totally done. But this summer they're doing you know outdoor shows there. So I actually went and saw Fleet Foxes last night because my friend had a free plus one guest pass. So I was like, I'll go, um, and we went, and it was actually pretty cool. They have like local food vendors, so. Last night, they had All Together Now, Pizza Friendly Pizza, um, and I think the, I forget the name of the third group that was there, and then they had Goose Island beer and Lagunitas beer, and then they had, like, cocktails and stuff, too, so it was, like, a better version of Northerly Island. Yeah. It was really cool. I like that. And it's also, right on the river. Also, easier to get to the Northerly Island. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially from, like, even where you used to live and, like, where I live, it's so easy to get over there. It's so nice. Yeah. It took me, like, 15 minutes. It was amazing. Nice. Um, the other thing I have done as of recently was um, I actually went to a movie. Did you go see <laughs> Nope? Fun. I saw Nope uh, in theater, and it was – I can't say it's been a long time since I saw a movie in the theater because I saw Bob's Burgers like two months ago. Um, but Nope was fantastic. Um, Jordan Peele is like really coming into his own as a horror director and I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. It was very strange. It was, it was, what's interesting about it is like halfway through it was like, I fucking have no idea what this movie is about. I still don't know. And like the whole point of the trailers was like, you didn't know what it was about. And I was like, I still yeah. don't know what this is about. Um, and I, it was just really fun to like be watching and be like, is this it? Is this it? Like be talking. Um, and it was, I mean, very well done. Kiki Palmer was amazing in it. She was so funny. Um, like the highlight of the movie. I love her. And 
my other favorite part is when you see a horror movie in theater, they only show you horror movie trailers, and now that there's other horror. <gasps> what trailers did they show you? Um, the Invitation. Okay. So I've seen that um, trailer. That, yeah, I actually really want to see that because it essentially feels like um, the hide and seek movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like about this girl that gets married and like. Oh, the um, ready or not. Ready or not. Um, That's a great movie. Seek, ready or not. It is. It feels like that, but with vampires, essentially. Um, and then yeah. there's another movie coming out called Smile, which sort of feels like The Ring, um, but with, like, a curse of, like, seeing a smiling man. So, like, essentially uh, this psychiatrist. I saw some guy on TikTok talk about that. Yeah, so it's, like, the psychiatrist sees this patient, and she's, like, I think it's a lady. I can't remember. But the person's, like, freaking out about seeing someone smiling in the background. And, like, they kill themselves in front of her. And then she starts to see people just, like, grotesque smiling. Yeah. And is, like, basically cursed. So it's got a very similar to, like, the early 2000s, um, like, curse style movies. Like, The Grudge, The Ring, all of mm-hmm. those. Um, That's kind of it, similar it kind of to It those... Follows in a less sexual yeah. manner, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's one I'm excited to see. Um, this announced, well, so thinking about like, so you're just talking about music and stuff. Um, so obviously this week, music Midtown in Atlanta got canceled. Um, that's crazy. So I don't, because I don't know enough about specific wording in legislature as to what caused this, but from what I understand, Georgia passed a set of gun legislation rules earlier this year, sometime in April, that basically said you cannot, you can open carry in parks and that you Um, cannot be prevented from carrying like at an event in a public setting. So my understanding is it's very specific in the wording and it's public lands and short-term events. Yes, that's what it is. Like, if you don't so it's, have it's, a long-term lease on that land, you can't right. set up your own gun legislation. Like, right. music, like so music festivals. The, right, so music festivals are, like, three to four days long, and it's a public area that they're using, specifically mm-hmm. for Music Midtown. Um, it's not private property. And because it's a short-term event, they aren't able to. And so they canceled because, one, a lot of, like, artist writers require that yeah. they ha- are... They do not allow firearms. Yeah. And then two, for general public safety. Um, so my understanding is also that it's sort of a gray area in the law. So it's not like my like the way I understood it is like it's not explicitly defined and like festivals fall into this that it could or it couldn't. Yeah, be I included. that's what I've understood too, but I think and out of music fear. midtown canceled out of fear. Well, I, I think it's what it sounds like is they're going to counter sue and the case will end up at the georgia supreme court and they'll make yeah. a decision like explicitly but the risk of like the financial fine of keeping the event on and then the like public safety yeah they and just, like losing all of their artists were not I, worth continuing the event i believe live nation was trying to find a better another pro- a venue on private property that they could do but they just weren't able they weren't going to be able to do it in time yeah no i get that and it it sounds like my understanding is that it sounds like it's gonna go to court i think so they'll they'll make a decision and it's more than likely gonna like end in their favor where like festivals like this are not allowed like you you cannot bring a firearm yeah 
I mean, I certainly um, hope so because I want to go to Shaky Knees next year, and I don't want. Well, this it's to be a an matter issue. of public safety. Like, I don't there are disagree. Hundreds of thousands of people packed into that area, and I with drugs and alcohol. Festival. Right, I will not go to a festival if firearms are allowed. Like, I agree. Blank. I, I will wouldn't not. either. And it's a loss of revenue for the city because people are going there, spending money. I mean, there's Between, other like, festivals the festival. that could be affected outside of Atlanta, too. Well, what I mean is, like, the festival is obviously, like, renting the grounds, but people mm-hmm. are spending time in the city, and it is a revenue for yeah. the city during those yeah. time periods. So I would argue, like, they're going to be fucked if these festivals have to leave. I, I completely agree. So that that's a crazy thing. And then they announced today, so Buku Music and Arts Festival that takes place in New Orleans every spring actually... Voodoo? Buku. B-U-K-U. Buku is not going to return next year. So In general? Because of like, are they going bankrupt? or? We, it's not been said, um, but they have said as of, it will not take place in 2023, and they're going to evaluate what the future of the festival looks like. So there's actually talks that Buku may never come back again. Wow. So, which rough. is crazy. Like, for this week alone, like, it's a crazy week for music festival news. Yeah. What I think is interesting, so speaking of, like, music festivals, like, canceling, I think it's very interesting when, like, so, for example, Bonnaroo, two years in a row had to cancel, essentially. One, because of COVID. Two, because of floods. The weather. Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like the only reason, like, Bonnaroo still has the ability to exist is because they own the land. Mm-hmm. That it, like, they they put the festival They own on. the farm, yeah. Right. And so I feel like if that were the case for, like, a Shaky Knees or a Music Midtown, like, I'm actually concerned that Music Midtown may never come back because that's two years, not in a row. There was a year in between that they were able to have a festival. But that's two years of, like, money that they no longer have. And that's like, how I feel about if voodoo. You're, if you're canceling a festival, you're probably still paying the artist because of the contract. Hopefully. I mean, I mean I they know, have but... to do something for Music Midtown. Like, at least, like, Voodoo in New Orleans, it takes place around Halloween. They can't, right. they, they flat out said that it's just not going to happen this year. So I think Voodoo's going away as well. And that was a super fun festival. Why is Voodoo not happening this year? They just said that they decided not to have it this year. They didn't give a reasoning wow. or an explanation. They just said that they're going to not do it in 2022. Even wow. though other festivals within New Orleans happened this year, like Buku happened earlier this year. Right. Um, Jazz Fest happened this year. Um, they just said they're not doing it this year. So that completely, yeah. that that could ruin the rock festival scene in New Orleans. Well, the other thing is we may see a consolidation of festivals. So Which Voodoo, probably wouldn't be the worst thing, but. Well, like a consolidation is in like maybe somebody will buy the Voodoo brand. Mm-hmm. Like, Ticketmaster or Live Nation, like, I guess they're the same company, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they may get Golden Voice that does Coachella. Like, they may end up being bought by, like, a larger commercial entity that still keeps them on because at this point, like, you have to. Yeah. If you're unable to genuinely rate. I don't know. Voodoo may be owned by someone. I actually don't know. I don't know either. But Voodoo's happened. Interesting. The year we went, it was the Voodoo 15 year anniversary. So Voodoo's been around. It's not like it's a new festival, and for it to suddenly not happen for three years, I think is crazy. So we'll see how the future of some of these music festivals go. I mean, luckily, Ooh, I don't. Hmm. 
It's um, Padamba C3. Oh, C3 is Lala. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it was acquired by Live Nation. Right, I did know so that. So they're probably going to be okay. Hopefully. Voodoo's a fun festival. Um, I'm going to look at Music Midtown because I don't know if that one's owned. Listen, if someone tries to get rid of Riot, they can tear Riot Fest from my cold, dead hands. Yeah. Um, Music Midtown doesn't seem to be owned by anyone. Oh, damn. I can't find anything that says it's owned by someone else, so that might be something that gets sold off, unfortunately. Which, it kind of sucks, because I feel like Music Midtown has been so much fun, because it's independently Mm -hmm. operated, and they've been able Mm -hmm. to, like, pull really great artists because of that. Uh, So that's unfortunate. Yeah, we'll see how some of these go in the future. Although, I mean... Some of these large companies, I mean, yeah, it feels like we have an oversaturation of music festivals, but then, like, you have these big organizations making these very niche festivals that almost appeal to, like, the right artists. Like, we went to Just Like Heaven this year, and that's a Golden Mm -hmm. Boys festival. We're going to Portola. That's another Golden Boys festival. Well, I think it makes sense, too, because, like, going to a Lala where there's all these different genres it's fun because you can go see a bunch of different stuff that you Mm -hmm. really like but it's also like you're not going to get to see artists that are like really niche in that genre like riot fest for example is so i find that riot fest is so much fun because it's so niche in like the Mm -hmm. rock and punk and ska that like you're getting to see artists that you would never get to see in the situation unless you were going to like pay for them that's fair. And I think that's a fair point. I think that those are those are my favorite festivals personally. Like I've been, I don't know. I'm not going to a, a big festival this year, actually. Like, like I'm not going to Outside Lands. Um, last year I went to Outside Lands. I found myself like feeling more and more inclined to go to these niche festivals rather than like the big big ones. Um, okay. Well, I don't have anything else. No, I think that's this is a good time to wrap it. So with that, um, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating. Uh, they're really helpful to us for, so that other people can find us. What? <laughs> I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> I know. That's why I was laughing. Um, please go leave us a written review if you're feeling extra saucy and feeling like giving us some love. Um, if you're not totally comfortable doing that in a public setting, listen through the music and you'll hear all of our socials and our email information and you can hit us up there Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys and if you talk to us we will try our best to remember to talk to you we probably she won't respond and then i'll be like hey did you see this and she'll say yeah i did i'm gonna respond to it and then doesn't and then i'll ask her if she ever did and then doesn't and then i'll eventually respond to it uh and with that Uh, We'll see you guys next time. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. um, And if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Podcast. Our Instagram is drunk and uncultured. And our Twitter is drunk uncultured. No ant.
And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.